Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. We are thrilled to be here. And Diane, I'm going to let you introduce our guests and the conversation today. Yeah, so Sylvia and Jared Hall from Gabon. and, And we met Sylvia this last year talking about students and advocacy in the school and getting involved in in their own support. And it's funny because we were just recording another podcast. We were talking about um, kids and school and getting support. And so this will be a good adjunct to that. So tell us, start by telling us a little bit about how you guys got into this world and what you do for parents of complex kids. Well, first, thanks for having us here. We're absolutely thrilled to be chatting with you and to be sharing our story um, and just talking about what is so important to all of us here listening. Uh, I'm Sylvia Hall. This is Jared Hall. We're Team Hall. We are Team Hall. I love it. Team Hall. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and we are founders of Gabon. And you know, most importantly, we're parents, and we're parents of a child uh, with who is a complex kid uh, and a general education kid. They are both in their teens now, so um, hard to imagine. And we're not educators, but we are lifelong learners. And when we discovered that we have a complex kid, you know, I went into study mode. I, I was going to say, you went into research mode. We know totally. those moms, right? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard the term helicopter parent. And then someone once said to me, you're a Blackhawk helicopter parent. <laughs> oh my. Wow. I take that as a compliment, you know that? Because absolutely, yeah, because so, so yes, went into to, to studying the diagnosis and understanding how I can not fix anything, but how do I support my child who learns differently? How do I put scaffolding in place? How do I understand what he's going through? And how do I help him navigate the world he's in? So can I just stop you for a moment and just say bravo? Yeah. Because, you know, that just that notion of how do I help him navigate his world instead of how do I get him to fit my world? That's a shift that a lot of parents take time to get to. It is. And, and when we talk a little bit later about Gabon and what we do, I mean, that's, that's exactly the whole gold nugget of it is understanding who they are, what brings them joy, where are their struggles, and how do we help them, as you say, in this world. So, yeah. so I, went into, I went right down that road and helping our son develop and learn. And Jared is, was kind of feeling a bit on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm going to throw it to you now. Yeah. So in the point about learning about his world or learning about a complex child's world, you know, I guess I need to take the, you know, reason why I started was because I didn't understand his world. I didn't understand him. He and I are very different people. I was trying to connect. I loved him deeply and dearly, but I could not connect with him. I saw Sylvia spending, being that Black Hawk helicopter parent, fully engaged with him, taking him to therapies, doctors, outside looking in. And I wanted to be a part of his world. And I wasn't connecting. And I went in to talk to one of his teachers and I was trying to use school as a way to connect with him because he was gone for six or seven hours a day. And I thought, hey, let's talk about what you're doing all day. And he couldn't remember. And I was kind of like, what's, what's going on? So I went and talked to his teacher and, and the teacher looked at me and she said, you get that when you ask Austin to remember his day, it's like asking a blind person to try harder to see. He can't do oh, it. Oh, I love that. I was like, so I was that parent trying to get him to be part of my world. I had to flip my model and become part of his world and let him tell me what his world was all about. And so that's where Gabon started. I'm kind of getting emotional about it now because I hated, I hated that feeling I had sitting in front of that teacher because that was a dad I never wanted to be. And so. And here you are sharing that story so that a whole ton of other parents right. who, who may have started there can see that there's a path to shift, to shifting it. So I feel the emotion. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. And, you know, we had a coach once who used to say, make your mess your message. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a simple (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it, it may have been a little messy for you at first, Jared, but you turned that around. So what's important for parents here? What do they need to understand that they don't understand that many may not? Yeah, I think from a, I'll keep going a little bit and then I'll hand it back to Sylvia is I think one of the big things to understand from my perspective and what we experienced as we went through this was giving our son a voice, giving him agency, uh, giving him a voice to tell me or tell us what his world was all about, what his context was, what his perspective was on what he was experiencing every day. And that was just a world opener, especially for me to really start understanding what makes him tick. Mm-hmm. You know, we work with some uh, woman by the name of Dr. Pam Cantor, and she talks a lot about the power of the relationship between the, the, the child and the, and the parent. And how that, yeah, and yeah. yes, but one of the things she was writing about was the flywheel, that when kids are on their flywheel, they're in their zone, in a world that they understand and they're creating and they're leading a conversation about something. The oxytocin, the neurology kicks in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's this cognitive growth, literally biological cognitive growth of the brain, and that dialogue that's being led by the child. It's so powerful when that child can lead a conversation about something that they're they're passionate about or interested in from their school day. And so I think that that connection, but also the student led aspect of it, is so valuable and so important. Well, in your there's a piece of that. I'm sorry, Sylvia. There's a piece of that that is about that foundational relationship piece. And I think that a lot of parents want that, but they don't know how to build that. And and I, and it sounds like this is something that you guys had. Sylvia, you want to shift to that and talk a little bit about what you think it is that parents can do to create that connection. Yeah. I So, yeah, I was going to go down there a little bit of, um, you know, parents matter more than they even know. So I think parents right. know they matter, but they actually matter more than they even know particularly on their child's education day. And, um, you know, people talk about parent engagement and family engagement, and it's really hard to do with a complex kid. How do you get into their school day when they're coming home with just bits and pieces of it? You know, with all the executive executive function challenges, how do you you get their perspective? Because that's their reality on what they're experiencing. So 
you know, these kids think differently. So they solve problems differently. Mm -hmm. They look at things differently. And I always say, wow, we need more of that today in this world. Um, But I think it doesn't have to be difficult always, right? I think it comes down to a conversation. And there's a doctor at MIT, Dr. Gabrielli, that talks about how conversation literally, neurologically, grows your brain. And he's proven it. He's a scientist. He's proven this. And so a 10, 15-minute conversation every day led by your child is probably the most powerful form of family engagement you can have in their education. It can be around a dinner table, but not a lot of people do that these days. It's hard to do. Everyone's busy. It can be walking home from school. It can be in the car. It can be in the waiting room at a doctor's office. These conversations led by your child about their experiences, about how they're feeling about things, these smaller moments Mm -hmm. that are happening in their school day about math, about science, about what's happening at lunch, they often become bigger conversations about peer relationships, about social situations, about what's happening in the real world and what do they think of that and how do they feel about that and does it worry them? So that you have this window into what your child is thinking through through a simple conversation. You know, we are such a tech-heavy world. I literally want to pull my hair out some days when I see how, how much time my teens are spending on their phones. And it's a you know, I would say we built Gab on, we built this technology to put technology down and have face-to-face eye-to-eye conversations with our kids, because that's when you get a window into their day. It is so important. I'm going to spin that just a little bit, Sylvia, because I think that our kids' tech is their life, right? And it's so it's not just about finding out about their life at school, which some kids are really open to talking about their days and other kids are like, I'm home. I don't want to even think or be around school. But part of what you're talking about is just that getting into their world, regardless of what their world is, their world might be Minecraft, their world might be some game that they've been, you know, obsessing over and really enjoying. But what you're saying is that if you let them lead and you go into their world, instead of trying to pull them into yours, it shifts the energy of the conversation. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, so here's what's coming up, because I'm listening to this conversation. I'm thinking, I'm playing Diane's role. I'm stepping <laughs> in and saying, but what about the parents who are going to say, right? What about the parents who are going to say, my kid won't talk to me? I ask them questions and they don't answer, uh, read, interrogate, yeah. um, right? Or who's like, my kid doesn't talk. Yeah. So that's a great point. And that's actually exactly why we started Gabon is because we weren't getting any information home from either of our kids. And, and often it's their day is busy. They have a lot going on at school. They have a lot going on after school. I don't remember what I did at nine o'clock in the morning. By the time I get to the dinner table, I I don't know how we can expect them to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what we did was, again, we, we built a platform where they can just put in a few words throughout their day that act as a hint or a prompt or a spark. And why that's important is because they're inputting three to five words, whether it's math, history, or or So they're taking little notes that are trigger reminders for us to come back later and say, tell me about this. So it's funny because I'm hearing you and I'm thinking, what I used to ask my kids every day was what happened today that made you laugh? Yes. 
Because they could always remember what made them laugh. Right. Well, and not only that, but because you're asking them the same question. I think this is the other piece of it. It's like if your kids start listening. know that you're going to ask them the question at dinner, they're going to start paying attention to their day in a different exactly. way. So it's like, oh, wait, I got to find. Oh, that was funny. Make sure I remember that for mom. Right. For exactly. Tonight. <laughs> yeah. what I got. Instead of great. just kind of blurring through their day, it's that sort of expectation of needing to communicate or wanting to communicate. And I think that that's the other piece of it, Sylvia and Jared, that I'm hearing underneath that is finding ways to make it easy for them to communicate, but appealing to them to communicate as well. And right, that's part yeah. of the agency piece is that they are choosing what they're inputting at school. So they are, it's not you asking them specifically, how is your math? How is history? How is life? They're putting in what they want to talk to you about. And that's, that's, that's part of the agency piece. And then they come home and get to lead that conversation with you. Yeah. When, when we started doing this, we, we had hints and reminders. It was all about the classes that he was taking, math, science, English, art, all those kinds of things. And at some point during the day, he would write, you know, in math, triangles or science onion skin and lake water and that was the very first gab he actually wrote yeah. onion skin and lake water <laughs> and when he came home i looked at it, i pulled it up and i said onion skin and lake water what's that all about what right. that's the point right it, it requires a conversation he needs it requires him to tell us a story you know with his executive functioning and working memory challenges he couldn't remember he had to walk around the kitchen get active get mobile then he came back and sat down and told us this amazing story about how he used a microscope looked at onion skin got some water from a pond looked at that under a microscope and found a water bug created a cartoon an editorial staff named it robetta the story went on and on and then we started telling stories so what happened, right. we started having a family connection yeah, around yeah. one, well, three words, maybe four words. Right. It started this. I mean, skin and lake water. That's part of the whole thing. That's our future book. Yeah. I mean, skin and lake water. It's a great title. But something happened before that, that got his buy-in to want to want to bring you that information. So what started it? And I don't mean, I mean, I know there's a technology and I know you have right. like but what I'm really asking is at some point you got his buy-in to want to come home and say to you, onion skin and lip butter. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's where it starts. That's where it right? starts. That's the key that a lot of parents are struggling with. That's what we do so much work with parents around is how do you, you talked about agency, giving them agency, yeah. but initially it was your agenda. So yeah. there was a collaboration going on where you were trying to invite him to join your agenda. Can you, do you remember that? Can you talk about that at all? Yeah, I, you know, when we were when I was trying to connect with him, I was we were I was talking to him about school, and he he couldn't remember. And I think he wanted to have a conversation. I think he was as eager to talk to me about something that was interesting to him as I wanted to hear. But we weren't able to connect. He wanted to participate in a conversation. So when I gave him the idea of what we could try, and it was basically no tech at the time when we first did it, it was just very simple. And put a reminder in and we'll talk about it at home. And I think he was so excited about it afterwards. They started getting in the car after school and saying, I can't wait to tell you about my gab. I have the cool. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So I've got a shortcut because what it sounds like is this just sort of, we want to connect with you. We want it to be around things that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And we want to create a way to make it easier for you to remember some mm-hmm. things to, to take the lead in the conversation you know, instead of just saying, well, what do you want to talk about <laughs> kind right. of thing, which, which we're getting a blank which, stare, you know, it's right. a sort of these kids don't know, but it's a sort of how do you help them to become conversation initiators? 
Right. right. Yeah, we did. We held um, a focus group with a couple of middle school grades um, locally here in Rhode Island. And we were amazed by how eager they were to go home and have a conversation with their parents. They just didn't know how to start it. They didn't yeah. kind of have a, a break in. So we have some people, some teachers now will assign this as homework, but it's really just go talk to your family. Just go talk to your parent. But the feedback we've had from parents is tremendous. Yeah. We have a, a couple of things. Like we, when we built this, we built it with educators, but we also built it with parents and parents of complex kids. And we have a family who's been using it for a while now. And when she originally started, um, she used it for a couple of days with her son who was just heading into middle school, I think. And she came back, she actually called Jared and she's like, I'm really sorry, but um, I don't think I can use it because my son has autism and he feels like he's coming home and he's reporting and that causes him some anxiety. So I don't think I can use this. And, and Jared being, you know, the, 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 the guy who wants to solve problems and, and make connections um, said, well, how do we make this better? How do we make this work for you? And so she said, well, let's ask some questions. So we put in, how did you, you know, what made you laugh today to your, to your question? Okay. What made you proud today? What challenge um, did you overcome? What challenge did you overcome today? And then we added a gratitude gap. And so we let that happen for a few days. And she called Jared a couple of days later. And she's like, she, I think she said to you, you just changed my world. Because yeah. the gap that came home was fire drill. So she knew immediately how her son will react to a fire drill, it being right. and loud and not anticipated. And she was able to say, you know, did you have a fire drill at school today? And he said, yes. And she said, did you cry? And he said, yes. And then he asked her why he cries and mm. other people don't. And what she told Jared was that this was the first authentic conversation about him having yeah. autism. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, there are those it's beautiful. It's so what I want, and, and I know we've got a few minutes left, What I really want to, I want to go back to what you said about conversation grows the brain, mm-hmm. because really what this is, what we're talking about is conversation and connection, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because as we're filming, as we're, we're taping this, I'm about to run a coaching group on communication and conversation. Mm. right with parents Um, just a four-week group so it'll be over by the time this airs but probably still available in some way but it's one of the most fundamental pieces to relationship and it's hard Mm -hmm. relationship builds communication communication builds relationship I mean there's this kind of interplay between those so I'd just like to talk for a minute because there are a lot of parents listening who are like, I would love this. I want to be able to connect with my kid and I don't know how. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, relationships are just the foundation of everything that comes after. And as you said, those conversations lead to connectedness and family connectedness and building yeah. the, that trust in being able to talk about anything. Um, between child and parent. Yeah. And what some of the parents we've talked to, I was just thinking, as you said that, you know, what was interesting was some parents have said this conversation between the parent and the child in this format creates a safe space. 
know, different different experiences create different spaces and create different moods and experiences in, in what they're doing. And parents have said, this is a safe space. The child feels safe to share what they're thinking and to lead the conversation. And the parent feels as if the roles are defined. Mm. The parent's in listening mode, mm. question mode, and curiosity mode. And it's a back and forth. It's the dialogue that goes back and forth that parents say, this is, this is what was so interesting to us. And that's what I felt with Austin. He felt safe that it wasn't my conversation. It was his. And he had to tell me, he had to bring me in. Well, uh, let's bottom line that, Jared, because that's it. It's safe space where they can communicate what they want to you and not this, Elaine, you used the word interrogation before. I mean, we go in there and it's like, we're, we like, we're working so hard to get information from our kids. It's, it's very different sort of energy than what you're describing, which is like, tell us something you want us to hear, connect with us by sharing. We weren't with you all day. Right. Share something. You know what this reminds me of when, when we used to do family meetings and I would always, I had a family meeting agenda on, on the refrigerator and whenever they'd have a fight or a kerfuffle or whatever, and they'd say, mom, it's like, put it on the agenda for family meeting. And so when we got to family meetings, it was never my agenda. Mm. It was always theirs. And it's the same concept. It was this notion that, if they feel like there's a place they're going to be heard, kids mm-hmm. just want to be heard. They yes. want to be seen and heard and acknowledged. And, right? and that's when we hear that the, when our kids are jumping in the car at the end of the day saying, I can't wait to tell you about my dad. We hear that from other parents too. And the yeah. parents are also saying, I had one, one dad say, when my, my reminder pops up and says, you have gabs. He's like, I, I want to call my son right away and talk to him. Like, what, <laughs> right. what is, I can't wait to hear about. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Yeah. And so yeah. And the kids were excited to tell their. So it became this def, a safe space, but also very engaging. And the other thing is. Energetic, very energetic. Well, as a parent, I, you know, I think we often assume what our kids are thinking or feeling. Like we assume that we know what they like, what they, what they enjoy doing, what makes them fearful. We, I think we make a lot of assumptions, but what we've learned and what we have other parents telling us is when their kids start talking to them about what their struggles are, but where their joys are, suddenly they see their child through their child's eyes and it opens up possibilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it opens up possibilities for us to get to know our kids better, but then it opens up the possibilities we see in our kids and that the kids see in themselves. Absolutely. So we've got to watch our time. Tell us, tell people how they can find you. Oh, so we'll find out uh, more about this. Great. Thank you for asking that. Um, they can find us at uh, gaboncom which is uh, G-A-B hyphen O-N.com. We didn't make it easy. Uh, <laughs> gabon.com. The hyphen and, is a dash. Yes, a dash. yes yep. thank you. Um, <laughs> we're also uh, newly in the Apple store and on Google Play as an Yay. app. Congratulations. And as of the time, by the time you're listening to this, it will be still free in the app store through the end of 2021. Right. Yeah. I've already downloaded my copy. So I encourage you all to do the same. Um, And so gabon.com, it's in the app store. And if you want some, a different way to foster communication with your kids, you may check it out. Could be fun. Details are in the show notes as well. Details in the show notes. So as we wrap up this conversation, anything else you want to make sure or do you hope that listeners will take away from today? 
There's one thing I'd like to share from one of the parents that we, we're doing a research project with the University of Pennsylvania Graduate School of Education. And so through that process, we're interviewing parents. And I'd like to share one of the quotes because, you know, you brought up a question about, you know, how do parents get this started? Like, what is it that actually allows this conversation to happen? And a quote from one of the parents said, Gabon is a key to a door for us. We were unable to unlock a door that I've been wanting to unlock desperately for years. So it's that little key that turns. It's very simple but it unlocks that door for a child. And, it, and the just- unlocking of the door, I want to be clear, whether it's Gabon or notes or text or however you're doing it, is really having open, clear communication with your kids right. and creating an environment for that to happen. Which enables you to have a connection with your kids, which is what all of us want. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's, a, it's, a, it's a great cycle that just grows itself in a very positive way. Great. Awesome. Good, great. So... As we wrap up, why don't you share with us a a favorite quote or a motto? You may have different ones. You can each obviously share a quote if you want to. Do you want me to share? So I I keep a quote on my phone. I actually also have it framed in my living room. And you'd think I would know it, but I'm going to read it too. Is that cheating? (laughs) That's not cheating. I just don't want to get it wrong. Consider it reading a gab on. It's all good. Okay. It's by Mary Haskell. and, And I think she wrote it for a different purpose, but I always think of our, my kids when I read it and it's nothing you become will disappoint me. I have no preconception that I'd like to see you be or do. I have no desire to foresee you only to discover you. You can't disappoint me. Mm. And it's just one of my all time. You gave me chills. Thank you. (laughs) That was amazing. Can't disappoint me. I love that. Yeah, I could. I'd take a take a screenshot and send that. We'll we'll include it. That would be great. That's beautiful because it's a little long to capture that one. I know. Yes. Yes. Nothing I do is short. (laughs) Yeah. So, Jared, I don't know. I don't want to cut you off. You don't have to have a quote, but if you if you have one that you want to share, give you a chance to do that. Um, I think we'll stick with that one for with Sylvia. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Sylvia, Jared Hall, thank you so much for being here, sharing with our audience, sharing about Gabon, talking about communication and connection, which is something so many of us are hungry for with our kids. So thanks for being here. Thank Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. It's a pleasure. To those of you listening, thanks for what you're doing, for listening, for engaging, for being here, for for making the effort to have these conversations with your kids, to seeking the connection that that you want. That's what sets the stage for the family dynamic you want. So glad you're here. Glad for the work you're doing. Thank you, Jared and Sylvia, for the work you're doing. And everybody have a great day. Thanks, you too. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.